So hello, I'm Wendy Robinson. I'm delighted to be presenting this In Conversation With series, which aims to discuss the topics of the day with executive coaches. I live in Ireland and I've had the pleasure of meeting and working with over a hundred executive coaches across Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland over the last seven years that I've lived here. And it's so lovely to catch up with graduates of the Academy of Executive Coaching Practitioner Diploma Programme and find out how life has been since finishing the programme. I'm in conversation today with Rosha MacDonald. Uh, Rosha is the director of Turning Point Technique. She has an amazing background in social anthropology, person-centered counselling, family and outreach work in Northern Ireland. She teaches mindfulness in the workplace. She's a trainer, a mediator, executive coach and career coach. We first met in early 2020 when Rosha signed up for the AOEC Practitioner Diploma in Executive Coaching. So I'm delighted to have some time today in conversation with Rosha to catch up, just find out more about her, her work over the last year, her journey over the last year, and what she's looking forward to in the coming months. Morning, Rosha, welcome. Morning, Wendy, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for your time and for conversing with me today. So I guess um, my first question, I'm fascinated um, by your social anthropology degree. I know next to nothing about what social anthropology is. Would you mind saying a bit about what that is and why you were drawn to study that? Yeah, sure. It's as good a place as any to start, I guess. <laughs> um, I remember being in like my final year in, in secondary school and, you know, the big question, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with the rest of your life? Um, and being really drawn to, to the degree of social anthropology. I was just fascinated by the idea of people and culture and society all around the world and just the colour and vibrancy of humanity. And at the time, um, the idea of, I'm from Cork originally, so the idea of moving to Northern Ireland, this big scary place where lots of trouble and problems and I don't know, we, it was very scary from Cork at that stage. Um, it just it wasn't an option. And the only other place that offered the degree was Maynooth. And all I knew about Maynooth was there was a seminary there. <laughs> I didn't want to go and become a priest. So I was quite kind of just put off by the offering, I suppose, of where to go and do that. And in the end, I settled for an arts degree um, in Galway. So I went off to Galway and did that for a year and really did not enjoy it. And took a year career uh, um, study break and went off traveling the world. And I spent six months traveling the world. And when I came back, I had met a man from Belfast. Mm -hmm. And suddenly the idea of being in Northern Ireland wasn't so scary. And so I changed tack and um, signed up for Queens and did my social anthropology degree there, having kind of seen the world and experienced a bit of culture and society and just, yeah, committed to that and absolutely loved it. Totally, yeah. totally loved it. So, what did you love? What did you love about it? So anthropology is wonderful because it's not bound by any one specific place or any specific topic. You know, you're not funneled into, 
into um, a discipline in a way. It's really broad and, and open. So I found my niche, I guess, or my um, interest, particularly piqued by gender studies. And that's what I, where I focused my, my degree process was around those issues of gender. And then particularly in, in my final year in um, the topic of domestic violence. But within that, you know, you're looking at genders in, you know, Africa or in Europe or America or whatever, like right around the world. So you've got this great diversity and life about it that I just was really interested in. Like, I, I, you know, I don't like boxes and people being pigeonholed. And so kind of examining the, the, the ways that we're different and also similar. Yeah, just really appealed. So I love that. Oh, amazing. And we kind of share a reverse history. So I started out in Northern <laughs> Ireland yeah. and now I'm in Cork. <laughs> and wow, that, that sounds that sounds great. Like a really you kind of use words like colour and vibrant and humanity. It sounds like um such an interesting subject to have studied. Yeah. yeah. Well, people are fascinating, you know, people are fascinating and how we live in the world and how we create societies and how we interact with one another and you know group dynamics and power balances and imbalances and all of that stuff is just I don't know I could just read about it all day you know so it was it was no chore of a degree I have to say it was very very enjoyable yeah. uh, and then what was your journey from graduating to your first job in the field yeah, so I, as I say, I focus my dissertation on domestic violence, just really, I mean, like a vocation. I think I felt the whole subject of domestic violence in society and, um, you know, one in four women will experience domestic violence in her lifetime. It's just a huge statistic, you know, huge, huge statistic. And I really felt kind of called to work in that area. And so straight out of my degree, I applied for a job with Women's Aid and was fortunate enough to get it. Having no experience or qualifications, I was <laughs> so grateful that they took me on, I have to say. Um, I had all the book knowledge and no, no real life experience in that way. And I learned on the job, I have to say. They were, yeah, really good at, um, you know, gently educating me, I suppose, in the, the subtleties of domestic abuse and um, yeah, just how under, in the dark, I guess all of those those dynamics are. Um, so I learned a lot and really, I suppose, developed a passion for helping and supporting women specifically. But as the years have gone on, I found, and this is what has kind of led me into the coaching arena is, you know, an ability to just be in tune with people and to be able to see maybe closer to the heart of the issue rather than just the surface, what's exactly happening, what's happening today, where are you going, what are you saying, what's below the surface of that. And that's really where I have found um, just my kind of, I suppose, most authentic self is in that space of tuning into a person, whatever gender they are, whatever they're doing, wherever they are in their life, but tuning into that and listening and hearing um, 
yeah, just on a, on an intu- intuitive basis. And yes. yeah, that's where I'm happiest. <laughs> Lovely. And so I can see how your, your transition into the world of coaching um, is a really natural one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of happened. It was very organic, I think. You know, a lot of, with any job, you know, you start, it's just this steep learning curve and you're getting to grips with the practicalities of the job and what you're doing. And then as you become familiar with that and that goes into that um, unconscious competence phase um you know there's less pressure on you to have to think about the job you're doing and you're freer to be in the job and to be a person in the job and that um that just kind of came I suppose over over the years so I yeah in the last few years I just felt like I needed to maybe expand my skills a little bit and I did a variety of different courses you know around counseling I did a a HR qualification and a mediation qualification and still just felt like I was kind of a little bit on the edges of what I really wanted to be doing and yeah just through um, serendipity I suppose being put in touch with (laughs) a handful of different people led me to you Wendy (laughs) (laughs) so that was good (laughs) oh Oh, and um yeah and then doing the practitioner diploma which is I I know is a journey for I think nearly everybody who goes on that four-month program and so what yeah what was it like coming off that program and I guess knowing knowing you wanted to do this um and was that when you set up your your company or had you set it up before? Yeah, it's um, I think I'm a real believer in in fate um, and, you know, destiny to an extent. Um, and I think, you know, life provided me with certain people at certain points. And a few years ago, I was put in touch with someone who had some pieces of work. They were they were doing a contract they were working on. And a mutual acquaintance said, you know, I think you could actually do some of this work for this person. And that turned out to be this work with the um, local government councils doing mindfulness training. Um, Which, again, like I didn't really have a specific background in that, but it feels just really intuitive and, um, yeah, natural to me to do. So I ended up delivering this mindfulness training for the councils to <laughs> a great success, much to my shock <laughs> uh, and delight, I have to say, shock yeah. and delight. Um, and around that time, then I felt, you know what, actually, I need to kind of draw a line for myself and create this bit of a boundary around this work that I was doing for Women's Aid and then what am I doing for myself outside of that and that's when I set up the company and um, yeah so I called it Turning Point Technique which um, is kind of blue sky thinking on my part in a way Um, I have big visions and dreams for my company Uh, but the concept behind it was drawn from my own experience in the idea that we have these turning points in our life 
their big turning points and their small turning points. So the big ones, you know, can be usually pretty shocking. <laughs> um, so in some of the career transition work that I do now, you know, you see people going through redundancy. It's something that's kind of forced upon you, not necessarily mm. by your, your choosing or your desire. And it's a big turning point. What am I going to do now? You know, these big, big questions, or maybe it's having had a baby or moved house or, you know, a bereavement or a relationship change or any of these, these big, big turning points. But then there's these small turning points as well, like a conversation with someone, those light bulb moments, a decision that's made on a day, you know, a random day, <laughs> and a, just a decision being made that takes you in a different direction. And for me, some of those conversations along the way were those turning points that I can look back on now and really pinpoint and say, you know, that was the time when I, I made a different choice. And you can look to those and, and see those as being really significant in the rear view. Mm. And I think from that, I feel how do we take that rear view um, perspective and apply that to the present? So how do we use these turning points or this, this technique of identifying turning points and use that to create more meaningful present moments? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. So that's why I called it turning point technique. And the mindfulness work was kind of born out of that, working on this um, this contract and alongside that then was this journey with the AOEC and the, the practitioner diploma which again I could point to so many different specific turning points along the way in that mm -hmm. and my learnings and you'll have <laughs> been <laughs> witness to those I think <laughs> absolutely yeah. and I just I, I love hearing the story behind um, the name that people give to their to their business um it's, it's just so lovely to hear that to hear that story mm -hmm. so executive coaching mindfulness the importance of turning points um in our lives oh and you mentioned you've mentioned the word intuition mm -hmm. um a few times that seems like um like a capacity within you that you've been um i don't know the word in my head is tending to mm -hmm. or allowing it to flourish is, yeah. is that right yeah totally um again i could there's a specific moment um that was that that was pointed out to me and it was really really powerful like so maybe yeah three or four years ago that was that was identified in a conversation someone said you know your intuition is just so strong mm. and it kind of gave me permission to acknowledge that. Um, I think intuition is um, something I maybe was a little bit afraid of um, before. I have always had really strong intuition and a real strong gut instinct. Um, but you know, we don't have a crystal ball. It's <laughs> just because you have a gut instinct for something does not mean that that's exactly true or, you know, um, it can be a little bit, I maybe feared that it was a little bit obnoxious. Obnoxious, to, goodness, that's to, a strong word. Yeah, yeah, to think like I know something, you know, 
Um, and, and this person saying to me, like, you know, actually, you know, for all these years you've been working with these women, it's your intuition that has allowed you to make those connections and help them to identify what they're looking for or what direction they need to take. That's your intuition. And I suddenly saw it in this entirely different light, you know, as something that was okay and that was a skill. And as you say, has been tended to. I've been working for years in, mm. you know, better listening, tuning in and paying attention to, you know, women's emotional journey and their experience. So it, it just, yeah, it, it gave me permission to say, yeah, actually, you know what, I do have really strong intuition and that's okay. And it's, you know, it, um, I'm not predicting the future, but I have a, a, a sense maybe of a person or of what's going on, of the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm trying to be more and more conscious of that and notice it more in, again, in the present moment. And that comes out of that mindfulness work or or being more mindful aware of of what's happening in the present moment and as I do that you know the coaching's getting better all the time you know amazing yeah and in uh, intuition in in our world today I think it is um underrated underappreciated under acknowledged mm-hmm. um that we I think we privilege I don't know scientific evidence or we privilege um what people know or can advocate and um yeah knowledge knowledge of a certain type that's logical and rational yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and um i'm also conscious like the word intuition it forms part of the myers-briggs theory that people can be either sensing Mm -hmm. you know attuned to the concrete or the factual or intuitive where they see the bigger picture or they see the relationships between Mm -hmm. something or they just see something bigger. Um, So for, yeah, intuition. So it'd be lovely to hear if if, it's kind of putting you on the spot, but if you have an example, (laughs) if you have an example of how your intuition helped you in working with those women, Mm -hmm. and maybe also an example of uh, how you used in your coaching, mm. how, it, how it appears or how it shows itself, how it comes to you, and, and then what you do with it in, in coaching as well. Yeah. Yeah, that is putting me on the spot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose I could speak maybe in general um, about sure. the women that I've worked with over the years. Um, I think probably initially, yeah, it's more focused on the um, the problem, you know, solving solving the problem. Yeah. And as I became more competent in solving the problem, <laughs> you know, like knowing specifically how court works or what you do and, you know, how to create a safety plan or, you know, these these very practical things as I became more, more competent in those, um, I was able to spend more time um, just with the person. So, you know, it comes to that empowering kind of place rather than, yeah, rescuing or or solution focused. Um, And I think the intuition comes out when you can, it's hard to describe. Um, I remember getting caught up in 
finding it difficult to describe this in the coactive coaching when we spoke about this on the um on the diploma yeah um because it's really in the moment it's something about the connection with the other person and allowing yourself to drop away and seeing them as a whole person without you know you're not thinking about what's my next sentence going to be you're just listening and tuned into them and out of that intuition come or out of that dynamic comes a sense of not what you're going to say next but almost what they might say next uh-huh. and in in kind of gently verbalizing that and and offering that you know sometimes you're right on the mark sometimes you're slightly to the side but it's all moving in a direction that's closer to them and it's a yeah there's there's nothing of you then in that it's more of uh it's more of them or more of that shared experience mm. i don't know if that <laughs> clearly well, no i hear that i um, hear that and what i'm thinking about there is the the level three listening in the coactive model and it it talks about um which I sometimes find hard to teach. I find hard to describe to people what it is. And one of the definitions is it's um, it's about uh, holism. It's about the whole. Yeah. And so you use that word as you're sitting with um, the, yeah. the the client, and it's not about you, but you're seeing the whole person, yeah. um, and you're just like tuning into that and seeing can you talk to that or give space to it or encourage it and i think there's an energy with it as well like i'm not i'm not big on um <laughs> sound really bad woohoo woohoo kind of energy or auras or anything like that yeah. but as human beings we do have an energy field around us you know just by our physical movement our breathing our heart rate, you know, yeah. we're disturbing the energy field around us. So just yes. on a, you know, not new age kind of colored auras sense, but on a purely, you know, biological sense, we yes. we have an energy field. And there's something about a shared, and, and I do miss that in virtual coaching. I miss the, the uh, being with another body in a space. I miss that. Yeah. But when you're with a person like that, you can feel them you know there's an energy that comes from a person and being able to receive that as a coach and be in that space with that person i think that leads to that intuition of whatever is that there's something under what they're saying there's something more than just the words yeah. and reading that with your whole body as well as just hearing it with your ears Ah, yeah, lovely. Yeah, lovely description. Yeah, and I don't know if it is, Wendy. <laughs> well, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. Um, and in terms of coaching, then, mm -hmm. if we turn yeah. our eyes to coaching, how does that? Yeah, is it in the same way that it works for you? Well, I had an interesting session with someone um, recently. So obviously, it's all online, <clears throat> um, and they came in um, very heightened and elevated. Um, 
and yeah, yeah, a lot of anger around uh, redundancy, right? So trying to keep it as confidential as I can. Sure. But yeah, very angry about the redundancy and, and the way it had been handled. And they were, yeah, just very heightened, very elevated and, um, you know, had a lot of expectation then of me, you know, and not in a good way. <laughs> I'm part of the problem in a sense, because I'm there to help with this career transition that this person didn't want. So I'm in some way on the other side. And I felt my role was to come alongside and to say, hang on, you know, actually I'm here for you, you know, um, and this is how I can be here for you. And I very consciously didn't um, step into the, um, do you know the, the drama triangle that yeah. victim, persecutor, rescuer, uh and you know i felt like i was being pushed into this persecutor role and i immediately wanted to, to rescue the person out of it and i thought no i'm not going to step into that drama triangle i'm going to remain outside of it and you know just be me and be here and be my authentic self and by doing that within five minutes this person was in floods of tears because there was a much bigger issue beyond I'm angry about this specific process. It was, you know, very, very different to that. And I could see that almost immediately when I came on the call, I could see, you know, there's something seriously going on here for this person. What was presenting was this anger about the redundancy and what are you going to do about that? How are you going to help me and you this, you know, that's a kind of almost finger wagging. And by remaining outside that and staying tuned into my gut instinct that there's something more here for this person, mm. I was able to avoid doing that dance yes. and instead allow them the space to explore open up the bigger issue yeah lovely lovely and for your self-awareness as well to not be drawn into the drama triangle because to come on screen and see an angry person and we've never met them before is is quite daunting in many ways and it would be so easy to fall into mm -hmm. um persecutor or victim or rescuer around that yeah well well done lovely yeah, yeah. Lovely. it was really again when we talk about intuition I know I found that really empowering for my own coaching style too to to reflect on that and to be able to say you know that ha that happened and that's how I handled it and to acknowledge the role of my intuition in that mm. you know and mm. say yes it was there it was true and um have more confidence in hearing that voice in the future yes yes yeah <laughs> yeah and so you graduated last i think mm. last june june 2020 yeah yeah from the program so actually it is about a year yeah, yeah. um <sighs> and so how's how's the year been for you as a coach <laughs> and maybe we should also say for the listeners that you um you left your employment with women's mm -hmm. aid mm -hmm. yeah and when when was that again yeah so i graduated in june 
And uh, I had been working with Women's Aid alongside that, um, kind of all the way along. And then, and, and doing the mindfulness stuff, I've been doing that since the end of 2019, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <laughs> maybe it was 2018. I've actually lost track. <laughs> What's a, a year? A while anyway. Yeah. What's another we missed year? a year of life anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so it could be any year. Um, but because you know, it was it was pieces of work that I could just take a, a day off and do. Yeah. Um, but then that has built because it's been successful, and um, and I found that there kind of wasn't enough days in the week to deliver all the mindfulness training that was coming at me and to, you know, I wanted to do more coaching as well. So um, I had a piece of work then that I was invited to take part on to do some career transition coaching. Mm -hmm. And that felt like, okay, there's enough there together to take a career break. So I did that, um, yeah, end of October. 2020 yeah so graduated in June and then um I've taken a two-year career break so I've done the career break as a safety net yeah. <laughs> uh it would feel very foolish to just hand in notice on a you know a very stable job that I enjoy in the middle of a pandemic to start a new business but um I've, yeah you have to be brave and try as well so Absolutely. the career break all right yeah yeah I um I was self-employed about I don't know 20, 20 21 years ago I went self-employed so I left the you know left the security of a public sector um job so the analogy that folk round about me were all using and I was thinking it to myself as well it was like it was like stepping off a cliff yeah. and and you didn't know what would happen in many ways so it it definitely takes courage yeah. Um, it takes courage to do it, absolutely. But also, it's wonderful um, in so many ways. Is that how you've found it? Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> Completely terrifying. I do have that sense of free falling someday for sure. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, I, I was fortunate to have the mindfulness work there to know that there's some level of kind of consistency. Um, and the career transition coaching has been great for that as well but for sure like it's a big learning curve to start your own business you know even just from a completely practical perspective like the admin that's involved in having Mm -hmm. a limited company um, you know managing all of your finances and going from a you know monthly income to a patch of work here and you know you're on the pig's back and then you know a month with nothing and you know you need to manage that because that's the nature of that portfolio career kind of work yeah uh, so yeah for sure stepping off a cliff someone advised me when you start your own business you should have I think it was like two years worth of income behind you to like support you now <laughs> maybe very good advice that I did not take so (laughs) brave is probably yeah the word I don't know two years two years of income sounds a lot yeah um yeah yeah would be nice would be nice to have it but maybe not achievable yeah I think very unrealistic um for Mm. most people you know it's probably the deposit for a a house (laughs) (laughs) so um so no I suppose in a way I am backing myself that's what Mm. I'm doing 
and deciding that it's going to work and trusting in my skills and abilities and Mm. if I can do it in a pandemic when the world is upside down then surely when the good times come it'll be easy pickings what's what's been the best bit oh gosh the best bit um I think um the best bit it I think for me it's the experience of of seeing my skills and acknowledging them and realizing that I am more than maybe what I had been doing you know I have more to offer and more to give um and kind of just yeah like a little seedling coming up out of the earth you know um and I'm looking forward to seeing what I can do I guess you know lovely yeah lovely Mm. Have there been any surprising things along the way? Um, I'm really surprised by how difficult I find it to uh, sometimes articulate what I do on paper. (laughs) So I can say it to you here, like, this is what it's like when I sit with a person and this is how it is. And then I go to write something down. (laughs) I can't get the words. Like I'm writing a, a tender document at the moment. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm like every one of my career transition coaches who can't put their skills down in a CV. I'm no different, no different. <laughs> oh, I, I find it hard too. I think um, it's I, there's something about pitching it to the audience in the right words or phrases. And uh, as coaches, we can easily get into a flow of our coachy type lingo yeah. <laughs> and we, we put it down on paper and we think oh no no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't actually make much sense to the you know the person in the street yeah, yeah totally yeah. and it's, it's hard I think to stand back and see your process you know especially when your process like mine is quite intuitive and flowy I would maybe describe it as it's quite hard to to step back and say you know because things like tender documents are very specific you know your methodology and your process and your preparation and how you gather gather feedback and how you evaluate and all of those things it's really really specific it's quite hard to to articulate all that um Mm. into a, a really clear way on paper um, that someone else could read and actually understand, you know, yeah, yeah. because yeah, we just it, do it. Yes, we just do it yes. without thinking about how we do it, you know. Yes, yes. Hmm. So there's something about how maybe, uh, I mean, in a way that sounds like a clash of worlds, mm. <laughs> you know, our intuitive um, gut felt sense of working with a human being um the dynamic we're creating the rapport we're building the um the the way we're getting to know that person um and all their own uniqueness and then how do we articulate that for um our procurement specialist who's 
got mm -hmm. criteria to tick that that's a yeah. that's a clash of worlds isn't it and it's the corporate thing as well wendy like you know all the flowiness that i'm describing has a real world corporate benefit you know it has an effect on a company's bottom line because you're working with that employee that staff member you know that manager whatever and mostly you know you, you're keeping it more specific to the, the the kpis or whatever the indicators are whatever the goals are for the coaching session you're keeping it to that but within that there is this kind of unique process for each coach that has their own their own individual style and ultimately it's to achieve those outcomes right so i'm more focused on the process because i trust that the process will achieve the outcomes but it's quite hard then to just sell the outcomes yes. you know um but they're there they're for sure they're there and we maybe i need to be better at um highlighting the outcomes rather than being i'm just more interested in the process oh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the business side of it that um yes is, is the learning curve for me mm -hmm. sure sure <laughs> wow what's i'm conscious we're coming to the end of our time it's been so lovely to talk to you in in this way and to uncover these topics like intuition and coaching process um and just final question then looking ahead what what um what are you looking forward to say over the next year in your business um as an executive coach and a mindfulness a mindfulness <laughs> trainer yeah um i think i'm looking forward to getting back to some face-to-face -face work that will be hard um because it will involve travel and all sorts of logistical coordinations that we've maybe all forgotten how to do <laughs> but uh, yeah i'm looking forward to back being back with people face to face and yeah i'm excited for some of those kind of tender opportunities and contracts and things um and to see what is out there and how i can access those and build this little business and partner with as many coaching organizations mm. as will have me <laughs> um oh. so yeah it's it's exciting and it's unknown but exciting yeah yeah mm. brilliant brilliant well thank you so much and you know i'm really struck again talking to you today um your energy and oh. your passion for all of this work that you do and what a lovely rich um background and experience and knowledge and skill you have on the you know mm -hmm. the route the route your career journey has taken you so far and with so many years ahead of you um <laughs> wherever again that takes you but um i, I know it'll uh, take you good places oh, thank you Wendy. Yeah. thank you so much i appreciate that yeah all right thank you all right thanks Wendy.